Why should we protect Israel? Why is a country no larger than New Jersey worth protecting? Why is this tiny country in the global news more than any other country in the world? The answer to these questions is found in the scriptures from Genesis to Revelation's book. When humanity makes a promise, it is certain to be broken at some point. However, when God makes a promise, certainly it will never be broken. Genesis chapter 12 verses 1 through 3 tells us this. It all started with the Abrahamic covenant. And here's the words. Now the Lord said to Abraham, Go forth from your country and from your relatives and from your father's house to the land which I will show you and I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and so you shall be a blessing, and I will bless those who bless you, and the one who curses you, I will curse, and in you all the families of the earth will be blessed. Here's an example of how this works. Shortly after the United States Democratic Party pushed their presidential candidate through a demonized election, the new administration manipulated this president to sign a document to no longer fund and support Israel. Within a few short months, our country imploded in upon itself. Most news sources say that there has been more destruction of our country in one year than all the years we have been a nation. While most point their fingers at the president, the real reason our country imploded has a deeper spiritual reason. God simply kept his word to Abraham, I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse the ones who curse you. One of the nasty habits humans have is ignoring that God never changes his mind, nor does he break promises made to his people. One of the more significant covenant statements in this passage is God told Abraham, I will make you a great nation. While Israel didn't officially become a nation until 1948, it didn't make her a great nation after being received into this global club. What will make Israel a great nation is she will defeat every nation on the face of the earth. Yes, and that will be done by wars. Realistically, this would be like New Jersey conquering the world and all of its nations. How can a country with only 8.5 million people take over the world? Great question. First of all, when humanity insults Israel, they need to know that they are insulting the God of the universe and beyond. Secondly, Israel's population includes God, Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, 24 elders, every saint that ever lived, and a myriad of angels waiting to go to war with the nations that dishonor God's nation, Israel. 
While it is shocking that America no longer defends Israel, it is in prophecy. In the end, Israel will stand alone. Jesus does not step in to defend her until she is completely alone and on the verge of being taken over by the world's nations. God will obligate himself to keep yet another promise when this moment occurs, and he does. He not only releases his son to return in the second coming, but he also releases all of his warring angels to conduct the war to end all wars, the battle of Armageddon. While the masses try to figure out exactly when this war will happen, honestly, I could care less. I just know that it will occur. The curious factor is what Daniel's vision of the beast has to do with Israel. Everything, actually. All four beasts are interested in one thing, conquering the landmass called Israel. Each is living under the modality of he who controls Israel controls the world. Welcome to number 20, Daniel's Vision of the Four Beasts, Part 3. One of the more curious facts in Revelation's book is the Antichrist sitting on the throne in Jerusalem's temple for seven years. This answers our question about the why the empires of Nebuchadnezzar's statue point toward Israel. All global conflicts and power-grabbing countries are obsessed over conquering Israel. It is the why Israel is in daily global news feeds. What Revelation's book reveals about the sitting position of the Antichrist is disclosing the reality that he will rule the earth and all its nations for seven years from the country the size of New Jersey, Israel. Therefore, of course, every global event will be about Israel. Thus, this makes the statement true that he who controls Israel controls the world. Satan, the Antichrist, knows that better than anyone else. All of the leaders within Daniel's four beasts understood that he who rules Israel rules the world. Today the sheep are too stupid to figure this out in modern culture. However, a few, like Putin's Russia, do understand this adage and work relentlessly to achieve their end goal. The smartest people in the world understand that you maintain your friendship with another until you are ready to steal the land out from underneath their feet. Folks, it's called a surprise attack. Friendship with the world is deadly. It says in James 4, verse 4, you adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is hostility toward God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world 
makes himself an enemy of God. This doctrine works not only in human relationships, but also in national alliances. It also is effective in humanity, Christian or not. When they become friends with cultural misnomers and movements, as a norm for a given culture, nation, or world, trouble is about to be birthed. Because of this, 90 plus percent of the world and its inhabitants are presently in a hostile relationship with God. Let's review our scriptures. Remember to continue to study chapter 7 of Daniel. Today we're going to focus on verses 6 through 8. It says, After this I kept looking, and behold, another one, like a leopard, which had on its back four wings of a bird. The beast also had four heads, and dominion was given to it. After this I kept looking in the night visions, and behold, a fourth beast, dreadful and terrifying and extremely strong, and it had large iron teeth. It devoured and crushed and trampled down the remainder with its feet, and it was different from all the beasts that were before it, and it had ten horns. Daniel said, While I was contemplating the horns, behold, another horn, a little horn, came up among them, and three of the first horns were pulled out by the roots before it. And behold, this horn possessed eyes like the eyes of a man, and a mouth uttering great boasts. Now looking at the leopard, Leopards are one of the most agile and graceful of all wild beasts. The third beast is like a leopard with four wings and four heads, representing the Greek Empire, which was divided into four parts after the death of Alexander the Great. Greece has always been known for worshipping culture, goddesses, and refined living. However, their leader was feared in battle. He was relentless and ruthless. He was known for his swift battles with no mercy on the battlefield. The Greek army was the most effective army up to that time. Alexander the Great conquered all of Asia Minor, which is Turkey, in less than two years and that was during 334 to 333 B.C., with, by the way, 48,100 soldiers, 6,100 cavalry soldiers, and 120 ships. He defeated Darius III, that was Daniel's friend, at the Battle of Issus in November of 333 B.C., taking control of the Persian Empire. That is why it was symbolized as a leopard with wings. Thus, the Third World Gentile Empire was that of Greece. While Daniel understood the lion, Babylon, the bear, Medo-Persians, 
and the leopard grease. However, the four heads on the leopard were a challenge to Daniel. Logically, the four heads were in the future, after Alexander dies. Once Alexander was dead, Greece morphed into four empires. The Telemach Empire, which is Egypt. The Seleucid Empire, which was Islamic-ruled countries. And Pergamum, which is Turkey. As we learn in Revelation's book, Pergamum was the throne of Satan. We also learn why God built the seven churches amid the Pergamum Empire. Bringing the four heads up to date, these are the four territories in the last days that will surround Israel. In this, we find the logic of global countries partnering with the Islamic-dominated countries who descended from the illegitimate son of Abraham, and that's Ishmael. Now let's look at the beast without a name. We know that the fourth empire is none other than Rome, as we reflect on Nebuchadnezzar's statue. The fourth beast is very different from the others, and it is not presented or symbolized by an animal. Daniel references it as the terrible and powerful and exceedingly strong beast with huge iron teeth and ten horns. It devoured, crushed, and trampled down the former kingdoms with its teeth. This beast is symbolic of the Roman Empire which is known for being the strongest and most wicked empire since the days of Babylon. The ten horns are the same as the ten toes in Nebuchadnezzar's statue. They represent the ten partitions of the final world empire, the global forces we see today. It's not difficult to see Rome's oppressive dominance over the war years, Israel was forced to support Rome. Jesus himself, as a child, was hidden in Egypt to avoid Rome's murderous ways. Disciples were constantly planning their events in secret to avoid persecution. As for the seven churches, each was under the close eye of the Roman emperors. At the peak of Rome's dominance, they were considered the most terrible and powerful empire globally. It is important to understand who the Ten Kings are that surfaced once Rome fell. Alemana, which is German. Franks, France. Burgundians, Switzerland. Soeve, Portugal. Vandals, Poland. Visigoths, Spain, Anglo-Saxons, England, Ostrogoths, Italy, Lombards, the Italian peninsula, and the Heruli, Scandinavians. A key prophetic note, all ten of these kingdoms were established by the organic German tribe or kingdom 
which is now Germany. These ten toes were the first established European Union of sorts. It also happens to be the countries Hitler sought to come under his power. Hitler had a simple objective, to bring all the ten toes back under the rule of their original master, Germany. Since Hitler jumped the gun in prophecy, God ended his empirical attempts to accomplish his objective. Today we see Russia moving relentlessly to do the same thing regarding the northern bear. All this to say, keep your eyes on Germany. They are not finished with their mission. While they already are known as a key player in the present-day European Union, if anyone, like Russia, threatens them, you will see Germany rise to exterminate powers that threaten their history. They believe they are the fatherland of Europe. And folks, they are. Let's look at Littlehorn. The Littlehorn mystified Daniel. It was not one of the ten horns. It rose from the center of the ten horns. Thus, this is not considered one of the ten toes or countries. It was unusual, to say the least. It had eyes like a man and a mouth like a man, speaking great things, which means it was a man. Was the horn the Antichrist spoken of in Revelation? Is this horn the King of Kings returning to earth to rule? We can be certain it isn't Jesus. This little horn is arrogant and filled with pride, a characteristic not found in Christ. The reason you classically see horns on devil pictures is relevant. Daniel's little horn image is none other than the Antichrist. After the downfall of the ten kings or kingdoms, a global leader with great and saving words will surface to save the world from itself. Check this out in Revelation 17:12. The ten horns which you saw are ten kings who have not yet received a kingdom but they received authority as kings with the beast for one hour. We know that the ten kings will not rise to superpower in ancient days, but rather shortly before the Antichrist shows his ugly face. Scripture says one hour. Remembering in our time comparison chart, one hour to the Lord is 40 years to humanity. That means the ten kingdoms will be fully charged with power 40 years leading up to the Antichrist. This is the age we are living in today. What is their purpose? Well, let's see what Revelation 17:13 says. These have one purpose, and they give their power and authority to the beast. You got it. They are the ones that will hand over the global powers to the beast, the Antichrist. Who will overcome them or overpower them? Well, let's look at Revelation 17, 14. 
These will wage war against the Lamb, and the Lamb will overcome them, because he is the Lord of lords and the King of kings. And those who are with him are the called and chosen and faithful. We're going to be spending more time talking about this particular part of the prophecy. But as for today, let's remember our conclusion. Daniel's first vision is frightening, minimally for the unsaved. We have learned about the rise and fall of Greece and Rome. We discovered the ten kingdoms that rise from the ashes of Rome, which formed the first European Union of sorts. It also points us to modern countries that have morphed from these early Germanic tribes. Finally, we see a glimpse of Littlehorn, the snapshot of Satan bringing forth his final empire as a savior to the battling nations of the world. As we review God's time codes, Satan rules for only 60 seconds. Folks, that is not a long period. In fact, when we stick to God's ordained clock, Nebuchadnezzar's statue is started and fulfilled in seven days of God's timeline. Seven days. Coming up next, number 21, Daniel's second vision, Ancient of Days. Who is the Ancient of Days? Why is this figure so important? As to the leaders or kings of the monarchy stated by Daniel, and how those ten kings signify the ten horns, and the little horn, Satan, Daniel was given yet another vision. He sees a figure that matches the description of Jesus' second coming. He had white hair like snow or pure wool. His throne was ablaze with flames, symbolizing the wrath of God. We will discover how the wrath of this figure destroys the little horn, the personhood of the beast. As for the other three beasts, well, by this time, their power had been taken away from them. We hope you continue with us as we get some of the more startling facts organized in Daniel's prophecies that perfectly align with the book of Revelation. Thank you for being with us today. Please feel free to contact me personally if you have any questions. Until next time.